Welcome to Open Outcry, where we roll from the close of the US trade into the new trading session, where we take the pulse of the financial markets, assessing the key themes, views, flows, movers and shakers to help traders and investors efficiently navigate markets and risk. Open Outcry is, of course, an antiquated relic of the financial system, and it's therefore fitting to have two dinosaurs of the trading world as your hosts, Scott Redford, Pepperstone's Head of Product and the Senior Member of the Flowdesk, and myself, Chris Weston, Head of Research. Anyway, there's a lot to discuss. Let's get to it. Mr. Redford, how is life in the Redford household at the moment? Yeah, it's okay, mate. We, we had a few teething issues overnight, and I mean literal teething issues for, <laughs> yeah. for the young lass there. So you know that takes its toll on, on everyone. But that's uh, that's all part of life and part of growing up. Are you uh, are you so Max Long Bongella rubbing it on, rubbing it spe- like non sparingly on the gums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No expense spared in the Bongella department, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of the old. Panadol and the syringe course and that sort of stuff. It could be worse. Um, it could but, be worse, I guess. It could be worse. You could be working at Twitter. Um, or you could be long snap shares, I guess, would be uh, would be bad. Long snap shares waking up whilst the, the daughter's teething, seeing that aftermarket reaction would be pretty brutal. Yeah, if you're a Twitter employee as well. And um yeah, what are they getting rid of? Seventy five percent of the workforce. What does that work out at a at a acquisition cost? Well, actually, I, I knew you were going to throw this. I, I knew you were going to throw this one at me, so I, did I, I did a bit of homework. Um, oh, good. I, I just don't. I just don't think you can, you can never go wrong um, being prepared, can you? At the end of the day, and um, seven and a half thousand uh, employees, Twitter um, employees. Mm. So you do the math, seventy five percent, and uh, you know that uh, you, you struggle to see how. I mean, they they do have a very big workforce relative to some of the other social media players. So maybe that's obviously what he's looking at, trying to. Reduce some of the fat in the organisation, get it down to a much more leaner, uh, greener machine. Um, we'll have to see how that goes, but certainly, yeah, quickly. If you're you're looking at that situation, you're saying, "Well, seventy-five percent. That's that's that, that probably comes past the, uh, the the mantra of sweeping changes, doesn't it?" Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot less office space for one thing. Um, there's a lot of laptops that are going to be handed in, and I wonder what's going to happen to them. You know. Yeah, uh, that's right. Sportwise, I'm just I was just trying to think about this sportwise, Scott. This morning, at the moment, we got NBA, mm. we've got NFL, we've got American football back on play. You got rugby league, World Cup. You can watch the highlights. The cows come home. England looking the goods against Samoa, as you would say. Um, <laughs> well, see if you got you got you you got Premier League reruns. You could be watching Arsenal beat Einhoven one nil. Um, you know, you name it. It's all going on at the moment. It's it's it's, it's a good time. Well, you can imagine why a lot of people are, are working from home at the moment. Yeah, it's a sporting bonanza, and we've got the um, spring carnival in full swing as well, and and Melbourne, of course, Cox Plate this weekend, and then uh, coming into the big ones out at Flemington the week after that. Are you getting out to the races this year at all, mate? Oh, mate, <laughs> I'm going to the local races out uh, out in out in the in the bush. Oh, where I'm going to get into the old Coynton Cup and and some of the ones out my way where the where the horses run with three legs and and the rabbits make potholes down the, down the final furlong. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's right, a different right. world. But, well, uh, do we sorry. need to touch very briefly on on one of your so-called doppelgangers, uh, um, James Corden, and the week? Oh he's had? yeah, yeah. There's a few actually. My boss is running this idea about that I look like a bit like Boris Johnson, um, James Corden, and uh, what was the other ugly bloke? What's his name? Um, <laughs> oh, Ricky Haddon. Ricky Haddon. Yeah, that's been yeah. for a few I don't know. You work on the play desk. Mine, you work admit, on the play yeah. desk. If, if we were to release James Corden Futures or as a CFD, you think we'd see much business in shorting activity there? Well, I mean, it surely couldn't get much lower at the moment, could it? It'd be down with um, 
where, I mean, where would Alan DeGeneres be trading now? He'd, he'd be heading down that way, wouldn't he? <laughs> Mate, I'd be Max Long, no no stops on the situation. Uh, I'd be trying to find where the buyers would step in, to be honest, where the limit orders would come in. But uh, anyway, uh, that's another story for another time. Yeah, pe- people can handle a lot of stuff. Being rude to wait staff seems to be where people draw the line these days. Uh, get short on that, bang, no buyers. All right, mate, let's go around the grounds and um, see what happened overnight. In the US, it was a, a mildly negative day. Uh, it did take the S&P into the red um, over the last five sessions. Uh, NASDAQ finished down 0.6%, S&P down almost 1%. Uh, in Europe, markets were stronger. A late push-up saw the CAC on to finish up 0.8%, and FTSE ended up um, 0.3%. Uh, Asian equities did finish in the red following a choppy session there. In particular, markets digested uh, a cut to Chinese quarantine rules. Hang Seng finished down 1.4%, ASX down 1%. Um, if we dig into this a little bit, it was utilities hit the hardest, down 2.5%. Industrials were down one9 uh, Grand old names in there like uh, American Waterworks, Union Pacific, uh, 2FX Cable had a short-lived rally on the news of Truss's resignation um, and the glimmer of political stability in the UK. Um, Dolly N pushed up through the 150 level for the first time since 1990. Uh, in the commodities department, iron ore strengthened up 1.6%, gold mildly lower. UK net gas to stand out on the screens up a whopping 23%. Um, it's rates and bonds, though, that are really driving the whole show at the moment, Chris. So what are you seeing there? Yeah, we've got the terminal rate uh, in, in Fed pricing now above 5%, which is an interesting one. So, yeah, the Fed meeting for May next year uh, is just above 5%. So that's, that's an interesting development. We were sort of seeing that as a new threshold. Uh, is rates pricing going to sort of push into a new trading range effectively but we've got above the magical five percent and i think the fact that that the expected moves from the fed um you know have lifted bonds you know two-year treasuries now at four four sixty one um but it was really the belly of the curve you know five and seven years where we saw most of the sellings playing through uh five-year government bonds now uh, four four point four four percent uh pushing into sort of the 450 levels that, that some people look at um i'm more interested in real rates you know i think uh you know if you look at five-year real rates which is the, is, is the treasury adjusted for expected inflation we sort of traded in a, in a, in a 150 two uh, percent range for well for, for the last couple of weeks and you know we're now pushing in the top end of the range at two you know 191 at the moment so i think if we were to get a break of two percent that would probably cause the SP to break 3600 and cause the dollar to to, to make a sustained move higher something we are watching there as well so yeah you've seen a bit of a move there um yeah let's have a look at the rates market as i say Next meeting from the Fed comes on the 2nd of November. The market's pricing 78 basis points, so 75 seems to be the default position. Um, we've got the Bank of England meeting uh, on the 3rd of November. Market's pricing 92, so that could be interesting. A bit of volatility in the pound as we go into that meeting because the market is not sure. Do we get 100? Do we get 75? Mm, when, you, when you get that kind of indecision, you tend to get a bit of volatility as the market tries to price that. And next, we've got the ECB meeting uh, on the 27th. The market's pricing 72 basis points of hikes. The next RBA meeting is on the 1st of NOV, uh, and the market is therefore on 29 basis points. So a little bit of jar for a 50, but 25 seems to be the uh, the absolute default position. But you're right, uh, the bond market, it driveth everything at the moment, Scott. Uh, and when we saw yields mm. moving up last night, certainly you know, in two-year treasuries in the front end, as I say, the, the Fed, uh, the terminal rate 
you know, broke above 5%, two-year treasuries into 4.61%. And, um, you know, that's when the dollar made a reversal higher. Uh, equities made a stage lower into the end of the day. And so, um, you know, I can't remember which rapper said cash rules everything around me. For us, it's, it's bonds rule everything around me at the moment. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where Wu-Tang. we are. So, yeah, it was Wu-Tang. That's Wu-Tang Finance. Wu-Tang Finance. But it is, yeah. <laughs> it's shimmy, shimmy, yo. It's, 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 it's bonds ruled everything around me at the moment. So when bond yields are moving up, the dollar it doth like it. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 get, we get the equity sellers coming out. It's time to protect you, Nick. Yeah. It has to be. Um, yeah, if we're digging a little further on, we've got four things to focus on today. So first, we'll look at um, GBP, British Pound Sterling, UK politics, what's been going on over there. I'm having <laughs> a quick look at um, the odds for the next Prime Minister on Betfair. Sunak, hot favourite, odds on, 170. Um, Boris stands out to me. I mean, he was eight when I pulled it up. He's into $5. Is there anything to that? Surely not. The man, the man who's saving, it's the new Sam Allardyce, isn't it? The political world is just so, you know, something needs, something needs saving, bring out Big Boris. He, um, the, way the, the way this goes down now, this is not actually being extended to, to the members of, of, of the, the full Tory party. It's going to be the members of parliament, not the actual, uh, the full Tory um, yeah, membership suite, which is about 1,500 of them. Mm. So, there's, so there's, I think there's 357 MPs who can, who can make a vote. And the threshold, uh, you know, in prior uh, votes has been 20. You need 20 votes from, from, from these 357 MPs to get a seat at the table and actually go into the ballot paper. This time around, what we're going to see um, is 100. You need 100 votes, effectively, from the 357 members to get a seat at the table and effectively go into the running there. So the threshold's obviously far higher. Um, and therefore, you, you're basically next week, early next week, going to have it whittled down to two or three, maybe three people, but certainly two. Um, and therefore, yeah, most of them will probably vote for Rishi Sunak. Um, yeah, there's a, a large, uh, he does have a, a some you know, following with, with MPs. So that's why he's, his money has come in. Um, and, you know, Penny Mordant's there as well. Um, you have seen Ben Wallace, who's the um, Defence Secretary. Um, uh, you know, his, his odds have blown out to about $34. So the market is obviously mm-hmm. saying that, you know, it, it's going to be a three-horse race effectively. Um, but MPs are probably going to vote for Rishi Sunak, Boris Johnson, and maybe more, um, Penny Mordant. So early next week, we're probably going to see those going in, in a head-to-head. They'll, they'll, they'll vote again at the end of the week on Friday. We should hear and who is going to be Prime Minister Um and yeah, Rishi's, Rishi does have a bit of baggage, notably his wife uh, sort of had some tax implications last year, but uh, or this year, but, um, mm. you know, uh, he, he did call uh, some of the issues very, very well indeed in terms of uh, yeah, Liz Truss coming out with her fiscal, un, obviously unfunded fiscal plan. And he said that that was going to cause ripples in financial markets. And he's sort of been vindicated pretty heavily on that. So is it going to be Boris? Is it going to be Rishi? It's going to probably be one of those two. Um, from the opposite side of the world, it's obviously <laughs> nice to watch um, and, and fascinating viewing. I'm not mm. sure how nice it would be actually being in the mix there. But, uh, you know, I think it'd be quite funny just to watch the uproar as, as Boris Johnson potentially comes in. That would, uh, yeah, I can imagine right. I'm, it'd be interesting to see that. But that's that's the play to say to play. I think, you know, the pound did have a bit of a reversal overnight. And I think that's just because it was dollar flows. But, you know, I think as long as the fiscal plan um, uh, gets voted on and the fiscal bu- and the budget uh, is announced on the 31st of October, that should keep um, the pound somewhat contained, uh, regardless of who's going to be prime minister. So I think that's the bit, the big driver there. So, yeah, what have, what have you seen overnight in terms of flows? Have you, have you seen uh, much activity in the pound? How are you seeing the political situation yourself, Scott? Yeah, we, we have seen a decent amount of flow in sterling crosses. Um, to be honest, it's more yen, though, 
uh, clients were trading on overnight. Um, you know, because despite the disarray and the excitement and the like, you say sterling wasn't actually that exciting um, last night, was it? At least previous to that, has been there in the week, of course. Oh, does, um, does, it, does it shock anyone that she stepped down? I don't think it well, no, that's it, it the was thing. A... It was sort of priced into an extent, wasn't it? And what does it actually mean? No one really knows. No. So, lettuce. Yeah. What do you think of the lettuce? But, I mean, the le- were, you, were you betting on the lettuce the whole time? The lettuce one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lettuce one. Who would have thought? Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, it sort of takes you back to the Rudd, Gillard Rudd years over here, doesn't it, in a sense, but um, at an even swifter pace. Do you think uh, Do you think Tony Abbott's going to make a play back into Parliament again? <laughs> I think he should. I mean, you might, do you think you'd be inspired by this? Yeah. Oh, I think there's a few people inspired by this. I thought it was quite interesting, what well, quite funny is that I, can't, I forget the guy's name now, but he's a, he's a big uh, political uh, 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 journalist in the UK, and he's written a book about Liz Trust and the rise to power. Um, that book uh, – was looking pretty good to be honest um, and mm. and it's one I'm sure we all rushed out to buy for Christmas um, <laughs> and it is going to be released in December now that book is, is clearly I can't remember the, 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 the author's name and I can't remember the title of it yeah you could probably you can find it easily on Twitter but um, is it Christopher Hope or someone like that and he yeah so he's obviously having a shocking day he's put his life and soul into this book probably paid an absolute fortune with the with the publishers um, to get it to get it to market and uh, you know I think it's clearly been redundant now oh poor lad yeah i mean you can only hope he hedged his exposure can't you in the betting markets oh yeah short uh i think what would you have done the long long rishi long long boris probably would have been your value play uh while i'm pumping out my book yeah exactly amazing well um next point we've got on the list you, you touched on it before covered it pretty well i don't know if there's anything you want to add you us bonds on a flyer and maybe the implications for equity markets is are we seeing a reversal of sorts of that correlation or a, a, a reversion of the correlation? Well, no, I just think that the dollar's, dollar's absolutely pivotal to this whole situation. And the, and the US dollar's got its eyes on two things at the moment. One is the terminal rate pricing from the Fed. Um, I wrote an article on it yesterday about how you can actually go out and use TradingView to, to find the terminal terminal rate. Um, an excellent article. You should you should all read it. Um, and but I think that's really interesting. So I'll, I'll, at 5%, now we're above... Uh, the Fed's own views in their statement of economic projections that they, they they put out back in September. So some people had said, you know, 5% is probably about fair value. It's really hard to see it pushing markedly higher than that unless we see you know, inflation really going ahead. Um, next week, we do get the employee cost index from the uh, from um, you know, and I think the ECI, and that's one the Fed look at very, very closely indeed. And that's something that could be quite influential to the bond market. The other thing that we look at, the dollar looks at, is is, is real rates. Um, and as I said there, you know, if you look at five year real rates, they've been sort of trading two percent to one and a half percent, and they're sort of pushing top end now. You know, do we see it sort of cap out at two percent um, and and sort of find? You know, move back into the middle of the range, bit of reversion, or does it break out? If it breaks back to above two percent, that's going to tighten financial conditions. It's going to give the US dollar even further legs, um, and that's going to be negative for for risk assets, Bitcoin, equities. So I think those two things are probably two of the most important factors in in global macro at the moment. And and I think the dollar's working beautifully in line with that at the moment. So that that's kind of what we're looking at. That's why the bond market is, is is central to everything there. So the dollar is is kind of finding on a one-way tear, Scott. What are you uh, what are you seeing there from mm. the sort of aggregate position? How how are people are the people fading this dollar move now? What's the sort of general feeling? Yeah, they are our client position uh, overall has been swinging about, but they are back to being short at the moment. Um coming into the weekend, short dollar 
long yen. So obviously that's partly an isolated dollar yen play, but um, certainly long dollar overall. Yeah. Well, we're talking about dollar yen uh, as sort of the next talking point because it's up 12 days yeah. in a row. You know, you're looking up at that roulette table at the moment, you're seeing 12 reg and you're saying, next one's got to be black. It's got to be black. <laughs> sure. And uh, you're lumping it on, you're looking at your chips in your hand, you're rocking them around and you're saying, got to be done got to be done uh it's a tough one isn't it when you when you're trading on leverage that you've got you know you, this kind of investment saying of, of time in the market and and but not timing the market i think when you're trading on mm. leverage you know you've got to have time in the market and timing the market is absolutely essential especially when you're sort of 100 to 1 and plus i think you've got to be looking at you've got to get that timing absolutely nailed to the spot otherwise a 50 to 100 point drawdown uh, on that mean reversion trade that you're playing can be quite painful um so you've got to nail mm. that entry point as well um and I think that's the problem with. I think, go on, sorry. Sorry, mate. I, I was just saying that a lot of people have, I think, have been looking at 150 as that entry level, haven't they? Right, waiting, yeah. waiting. As soon as it hits, right, that's it. They've got to intervene here. Something's got to happen here. Well, the, the good my, thing about being. Traders. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about being long yen, not that there's anything really good against finding, you know, swimming against the tide. It's like, you know, looking at those salmon swimming up, a, you know, one of those rivers in in, in, in Canada. And, uh, you know, it's mm. a bear waiting up there. You just, you just swim it, you're swimming up, against, <laughs> swimming up against the tide. But I guess one thing you do have working for you is, is that you, you're kind of less, less rest assured that, you know, if the Bank of Japan are going to act, it's going to act in your favor. You know, you are flowing against the, the general flow of tide. You're going against the bond market moves by being short yen. But if the Bank of Japan do suddenly act, at least you're going to be on the right side of two two to 500 pips, right? So that, that, that's probably helping you out yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess it's thinking there's either going to be a continued grind up or a swift move down. So you're looking if you're looking for a swift move, like you say, it is going to be on the downside, isn't it? And I know you, Scott, you prefer to grind rather than the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, all the all the hedge funds at the moment they want to be long, uh, they want to be long dollar yen because you get carry. You know, carries everything at the moment. Volatility adjusted carry is the best strategy and it's been the most profitable strategy this year, bar none. So, you know, if you can go into the US and 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 get, you know, an above four, what, four and a half percent or so on one month OIS, effectively cash like products and play defense at the same time by being long dollars, it works like an absolute dream. The US dollar is a magical currency. The problem is, mm. is that you are facing that uh, that elusive Bank of Japan rhetoric that comes through that we're watching exchange rates. And then that's when you start to take it off. But for now, we're 150. We're up 12 days in a row. It's probably one of the big sort of tactical trading points, I think, for short-term traders. Um, on, as we say, on one hand, you've got that dollar strength, which is hard to fight because you're getting carry, you've got defense, you've got you know equity drawdown, hedging effectively. But then at the same time, you know, people love that idea of being on something when, you know, Friday afternoon, going in, you've got a beer in hand, you're looking at the screens, and then the Bank of Japan come in, bang, 500 pips down. Thank you very much. Thanks for playing. That's my weekend sorted out. Yeah, yeah, off I go. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what people are looking at. How do they do it? Do they get in now? Do they leave stop orders? Where do they put their stuff? They just want to get involved in it, and they yeah. don't want to miss out when that move comes. Talking um, about talking about that equity move, I'm, I'm just going to jump in actually because I think yeah, mm. my, my own belief is that we we trade on the S and P 3600, 3800. We saw a, you you mentioned you sort of summed up nicely with your kind of poetic justice that you do in your market wraps there. Um, but for me, yeah, we've had a bit of a damp move down, as you say. We're 3600, 3800 is the S and P range. I think we're going to be trading in. If real rates break out, um, then I think 3600 probably gets taken down, and we start talking about 3300. But next week we've got earnings. Um, 
you know, I certainly yeah. have you seen much business in terms of clients getting interested in in some of these tech names for next week? I know we've had Tesla out recently. Snap have come out with some absolutely awful numbers relative to expectations. But how are people? Are you seeing anyone sort of looking at you know Alphabet next week, Twitter next week, uh, Apple next week? Yeah, you know, for some, sure. of the, some of the some of the sort of Mac Daddy names. Yeah, Microsoft, Facebook, among others. It's a hell of a list next week, isn't it? And it's sort of been a warm up in a way this week. Um, started off with Netflix. People sort of, you know, shares were up on that, but I don't think people really knew what to make of those numbers and the surrounding chat. Tesla was a, an interesting one yesterday. Um, Musk claiming, among other things, that Tesla would um, soon enough be in Apple and Saudi Aramco combined um, <laughs> well it's good to be, it's good to be optimistic is. isn't it if you, if you, yeah it's true it's... Yeah, yeah it's true well, the market wasn't believing it though was it It was down i think six percent um in the aftermarket it's down about seven percent on the day now and that and um snap as you mentioned are starting to send uh, i don't know about shockwaves but maybe shutters is the right word among mm. the other tech stocks as well um but yeah we've seen we've seen a lot of action and Tesla overnight, Netflix either in the week, and, and no doubt it'll be a really busy week on stocks okay. um, next week. And it's it's a good one for the Aussie traders. You know, you get up a little bit early, 7 a.m. or something, these results come out. And um, if you've got a broker that lets you trade in the aftermarket. Then, oh, uh, sales pitch. Some <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, if you do. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to move it on uh, just uh, you know, to keep it going, keep it pumping. Um, next week, mm. Scott, what are you looking at? Uh, earnings, what's, what else is on the mind? Uh, other than earnings, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the BOJ is the one we're all watching, isn't it? I mean, you know, as well as the UK. Um, although, do you think what's happening in the UK will sort of become a, a, a dollar in terms of its impact on markets? You know, oh, I think the, so. the leadership battle play out. It's not until we get a new leader and new policies that we'll start to see that swing about if we do start to see it swing about again. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 unless policy really is going to shift, um, and and I think as Hunt would be remaining as Chancellor, and you know, I think his you know policy, the market's fairly comfortable with now. I, I don't see that massive being a volatility event as such. I think you know, you're sort of down to dollar flows, which is why we probably look at Euro Sterling a little bit more, more closely. For me, mm-hmm. I reckon the big big one is probably going to be the ECB meeting late next week. I think that's going to be apart from the ECI in, in the US, but the ECB meeting, the ECB expected to raise 75 basis points. That's fully discounted now. You know, are they going to talk up the idea of, of quantitative tightening? You know, what happens to the Italian BTP German Bund spread? I think that's going to be key for Euro. So I think that's probably the big one there. So a bit of earnings, a bit of cheeky earnings. Some housing data in the US, and um, but I think yeah, ECB, Bank of Japan, as you talk about, yeah, will there be any subtle changes coming through there? One suspects not, um, but I think that's the one that that we want to look at. What's uh, what's what's the what's the trade that you're looking at on on your mind today, Scott? Oh, uh, the market I picked out. Look at it's um, Facebook next week, Meta, um, as we call it now. So it's reporting on Wednesday. It's down about sixty five percent from its highs in. Um, September last year has had a little bounce back lately, maybe seven percent off the lows thereabouts. Um, the the move into the metaverse has been much mocked, um, and you know it's will we see um, volatility on the on on their numbers next week? No doubt we will, but could that sort of spill into wider sentiment on tech equities and and beyond? Is what I'm wondering. 
Mm. Well, you know what? I'm I'm all about giving here, Scott. So I'm, I'm going to give you two today. Um, oh man! Yeah. So dollar yen's obviously one there, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go dollar Swiss. Why? Because it's been you know since really since May, um, we've been pushing up in the ceiling into just just above parity, about sort of one double zero fifty. We've tried it about five or six times, and every time the markets just smacked it back down. Um, we're back testing it again. So this is one where the level traders are sitting there going, "Oh, you know, levels, levels, levels." We scalp off these levels. Personally, as a breakout trader, as a momentum sort of stroke trend trader, I want to see this go. Um, and if it does go, I'm jumping on for fun. And I reckon, I reckon that could just could, could kick. So I've got dollar Swiss mm. um, uh, as, a, as a trade that I quite like, uh, but just waiting for the market to say, Chris, 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 come and trade me. <laughs> And come on, uh, come on in, and then you go. The other one is, is is you can't go past gold at the moment. We're in this bearish channel. We've been in a bearish channel pretty much all year. We're testing now the the September lows of of one twenty, uh, sorry sixteen twenty. If that gives way, we trade down to the bottom of the channel, which could come in as low as fifteen thirty, fifteen forty. Uh, it won't take it. It won't happen overnight, of course, because uh, the the vol in gold's pretty low. But uh, you know that that's one that we're at key levels at the moment. We're seeing a bit of business in terms of scalping, um, and uh, you know off that level. I think that's one that, that will get a lot of a run in. Just quickly, Scott, on the on the on the client flow on gold, where we skewed at the moment? Where's the where's the sort of the, the client skew? Uh clients are long gold. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of our bigger positions at the moment, actually. It's, it's always one of our very popular markets, but it's an unusual that we'll see a position, a swing this big in terms of our position. Yeah. Um, you know, we normally see it fairly close to flat because we see so much flow on it. But yeah. at the moment, yeah, clients are decidedly long overall. Okay, cool. Uh, and just uh, before we look, before we wrap up, uh, my favorite part of the show, as always, is uh, Mr. Redford's fact du jour. Fact du jour. I was doing a bit of reading about eels uh, last night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was, it might have been when the baby was up teething. Now, listen to this, mate. You won't believe this. All eels in Europe and America are born in the Bermuda Triangle. What do you make of that? All of them. All of them, all of them, no matter where they live, Europe and America, basically the Northern Hemisphere, one day they dissolve their stomachs and they make this incredibly long journey to the spawning place, which is, uh, what's it called, the, the Sargasso Sea, yeah. down there in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they live in a landlocked country, they can make their way across land. Do you reckon they actually, do you reckon, do you reckon like planes, they actually want to go to North America, but they get lost in the Bermuda Triangle? Maybe that's, <laughs> yeah, right, that's And the thing is, they never return once they spawn. They die, and then their, their babies, the little, is it vermicelli or vermicelli? That's what they look like, these baby eels, yeah. and they make their way back to their, to their home. Now, just on eels, if you now if you spot a, a carnivorous eel with a large dorsal fin and small eyes, well, that's a moray. That's a moray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to wrap up there on the uh, on the eel front. There's plenty of puns that I could have come down with. I'm not fast and smart enough to, to come at them, but one I will think about. Anyway, thanks for listening uh, to Open Outcry. We'll be back next week with more of the same. If you're trading these markets, good luck and stay safe. Cheers, Chris. Have a good weekend. Cheers, you too, Dale.